Introducing Kaleidogos, a podcast about two immature best friends who run a few businesses together and live for the Goss and the Margies. Join us as we goss about our lives, our work and our friends, anonymously of course. I went upstairs and I called her and he, she was like, he's been sentenced for 10 years and I just oh. remember, like it was, I just like remember my heart dropping, I just was like... That's no, like just like screaming. Like it was That's just a whole a, decade. I, I was like, I, it, I didn't make any sense. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Welcome back to Collide Goss. This episode is proudly sponsored by Nioxin, celebrating thicker, fuller hair. As you all know, we recently got our hair coloured and we are slaying and sliving. But with that comes serious hair damage, which we hate. And I also find myself molting all over myself and I just feel like my hair's becoming a lot thinner at the moment, Ella. We've been working with Nioxin for years and if you don't know who they are, let us let you in on a little secret. Nioxin is the solution to thicker and fuller hair. So if your hair is thinning or damaged from overcolouring, we love using the trial system kit. 30-day treatment plan, leaving your hair looking thicker and fuller and most importantly, with your colour intact. It also hydrates the scalp and strengthens the hair. And the best part, Ella, which mm-hmm. everyone needs to listen closely to, Nioxin at their Instagram page, at Nioxin, have just launched an amazing competition giveaway where they're actually giving away a $5,000 holiday voucher for you and three friends. Wow. They'll also be putting money behind every entry to the Black Dog Institute and Mullets for Mental Health. Don't stress, all the details of the competition are also contained in our show notes. Els, where can our Goss fam get their hands on the product? Head over to adorebeauty.com.au. That's adorebeauty.com.au and search Nioxin, spelt N-I-O-X-I-N. All right. All right. (laughs) Woo! It's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Um, And we're really excited about this interview that we're doing. Um, or oh, we've done, sorry. Yes, today's guest is going to get you all super curious and interested and it's just a fucking incredible, crazy story. No, well, I'm like a huge crime junkie, as everyone knows. So when I was away recently with Izzy, our guest, and she told me that her dad had been to jail, I was like, oh, hold up, hold up. You're coming on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's starting to get a bit weird. Like some people will pour their heart out to me and I'm like, do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah, can you just hold that? Because I want to hear that on the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm like, fuck, like you want to hear all this stuff. Like I'd Let be interested. Let me just write some notes about how I can rework yeah. this. And luckily we've been pretty, pretty lucky, lucky. people. Like, you know, yeah. so I thought Izzy was like a bit nervous, but... She was like so keen. So I was like, sweet, come on down. Um, so I I think you'll like this one. She tells like, it's like a mix of like, it's pretty fucked up. But, you know, Humor obviously having your dad up. go away for, I think in the end it was six years. Six years. Um, and just like the stories, like, you know, your reality of life just changes pretty quickly. I think when your dad gets put into jail and just, mm. it's not like something that you watch on TV anymore. It's actually your life. So Yeah. And her new normal was just... Insane. Yeah. Um, but before we do your weekend, we just went um, to a beautiful wedding. Um, another, beautiful. As I said in my Instagram caption, another um, CSU love story. I saw that Where it all begins. I was like profound. So I love Carly it. and Hayne were like the other couple that um, they actually got 
um, together before Eddie and I. So slightly before, but they met on campus in Towers. Shout out Towers. Uh, <laughs> rock on. Rock on. <laughs> and um, blossomed into a beautiful love story. They've had their little daughter Rosie now. Um, they got engaged, I think, like well, maybe just before us actually too. So it's been a bit of a long engagement because Carly ended up getting pregnant and COVID and whatnot. Um, so we were pretty pumped about this wedding. Our Eddie and Jarch were in the bridal party. Mm-hmm. Jarch was MC. Jarch was MC. Eddie um, was... Crying the whole time. Crying. <laughs> I said it to that. Like, I, I was, was like to Ella, God, that's beautiful. He's crying so much. And Ella's like, he got in at 4am. He's scat. They're all a bit scat. They all look like, apart from Hamish, like a little bit shattered. A he little just bit couldn't short. stop crying the doll. Like, yeah, everyone's like, that's so cute. I'm like looking at him. I just find it. I know it's really mean. Like, it is really cute. But I just was like couldn't look like the whole time because I'm like oh well, you're not the most emotional no person. and I'm like don't start sobbing fully through the ceremony hunt because you might ruin <laughs> but it was really fun it was just like the best and it was at Hamish's property in Barrow which I've like obviously over the past you know fucking whatever 12 years that I've known them I've been going there a lot and just have a lot of memories there and like it's, it's so I've beautiful. always said you need to get married at this place like it's amazing and like it's like a time capsule. Um, they have like all their like heights on the wall of like, you know, when they were growing up, like yeah. how tall they are and like they've all got their bedrooms still the same. It's like father of the bride vibes. It is. It. it is. I was like in the older sister's bedroom and they were like posters and posters stuff. Posters yeah. CDs and I'm like, holy shit. If you're going back to the 90s. If I was a mum, I'd be like, that is getting off my wall quick spot. <laughs> but yeah, they're the best family. It was so fun. And I I'm, I actually think I'm going to gatekeep this caterer, but the food was next fucking level. Next level. Next level. Like every meal, like, you know, when you go to a wedding, like the entree in the main, you're a bit like, mm. I stuffed my fucking face. Oh my God. The pork belly. I was like, I literally went to heaven and back and I was like, where? Is another uh, fucking dish. Did you and try the lamb? The lamb was insane, really which is hard to do on mass. And then the salads were super simple, like just a green salad with vinaigrette and tomato and balsamic and that oh, cheese. Oh, it was amazing. So good. Um, we had a good time. We stayed back at my parents' place in Robertson. That was fun. Um, and Woke then, up late the next day, which is quite nice. Oh, you can talk for yourself. I bloody got up. What time did you get up? I got up pretty early. I was like up by like nine-ish. Really? What were you doing? I, well, didn't I was just like eat. on my phone and then Elise had a shower and then I was kind of waiting and then I was like, nah. And then I kind of got up and then I was like, fuck. Wanted to cook. Oh, then we cook. I cook. We cook. Bre- oh, I cook breakfast. You not cooked we. breakfast. I won't give you that one. Sorry. No, I didn't uh, do anything. <laughs> um, the boys were slow. Very Because slow. I just want to premise Eddie and I got into like a bit of an argument because I was like looking at the time and I was like, the buses are coming at 12.45, but we couldn't get the bus all the way to Robertson. So I was like, it was like 12 by then. And I was like, hey, like, what do you reckon? Like, I should probably order a cab. I was pretty in control, like, of, like you know, and he was just so drunk. And he was like, what? Like, I'm not going home. And I was like, well, no, like not right now, but like I'll have to order a cab. Like it could be a while. And he's like, it's my best Friends wedding Ella. If he wants to party, I'm fucking partying too. And I was like, mate, it, usually at a wedding, they usually go home with the bride. Like they go home and they go to bed together. I don't think he's going to be bending with you. Like, no. And he just like, well, I need to go talk to him. And like disappeared, ran off. And he's like, he wants to party. And I'm like, I don't know if Hamish Street is the best person to check that. It's probably better to talk to Carly. Yeah, ask Carly. Um, so 
Anyway, had a bit of. I just in the end, Steph was. I was like, man, just fuck off. You're actually really irritating me. <laughs> so it was just, so funny. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you. And I was like, I was laughing. And it's like, whatever. Off you go. Off you run to find your party. And then we ordered our cab came like 45 minutes when everyone yeah. was like leaving. And I was like, you sure you don't want to come? And they were like, nah. Like judged him. Yeah. And Elise was like. Elise, my friend or our friend, had she's she got two kids, to stay. and she was like, "Is it all right?" Like acting like she was a child. Is it all right if <laughs> I like I stay? And I'm like, Elise, of course you can stay. You're like an you're an adult. You're an, like no. And she's obviously got kids, and like this was her chance to party as well. But I was like, I'm I pretty would be sure. Like, I'm not leaving. Yeah, right now. but I'm like, there was, but like, would you? There was no party to go to. That was the funniest thing. I just think I was not on the same drunk level as everyone else which is quite rare for me no but I think we just typed the story with when we got in they came literally they got in a cab straight after us because they I know realized I quickly. was actually you were like wanting to prove the point that they'd come home 20 minutes after I was more like fuck how did we wait 45 minutes for a cab and they just order one and it yeah that irritated me too but I just wanted to prove a point to Eddie because he can never prove like he can never say that he did won. he end up apologizing fuck no no and I just laughed about it even last night. I couldn't help myself but bring it up again. You brought it up Ella. Oh, no, this morning when I was in the bloody hot tub, like in the SFS, we'd had our cold plunge and I was like, so funny. Like, you get so drunk. How about if you, like, you were making such a scene about that, getting a cab home and like, you just came 20 minutes later. Like, and he was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would have hit you. Yeah, he's the irritant. You're at wife, I can call myself now. You're the you're at wife. Um, anyway, let's bring Izzy in. Enough about let's us. Let's bring her in. Ooh. Welcome, Izzy. Welcome, Izzy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me here. This and it's fun. always like little kids when you go over, like, thanks for having me. Yeah. I always feel like everyone has to say that on the thanks. podcast. But we're actually grateful that you're here. Guys, yeah. I'm happy to be here. This is fun. I know. We got we got lucky with Izzy because she's about to go to London. Yes. Um, and what in like five days? Six yeah, leave days, Saturday night, which is crazy. So we thought we'd had to get this podcast in because backstory: I was away in Avoca, and is is one of Amelia's, which is Eddie's little sister's best mates and house house I was gonna say house partner that's not a word partner um roommate <laughs> and I we were just chatting really casually hey I think I knew about like your story and stuff with yeah. your dad but like I was obviously we were just like more in the position to kind of talk about it I think we had a did we even have cocktails yeah, we, in yeah, hand it was probably had, in the morning yeah anyway we got chatting and I was like Fuck, you know what? Do you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> it's literally every time I have an interesting conversation oh, with same. someone, I'm like, do I come on my podcast? Yeah, no, I didn't think you were – I thought you were joking. I was like, yeah, sure. Because I'm not I, joking. No. no, we're never joking. We're never joking. We, yeah, we were very excited. So anyway, teed it up and now we're here. So I think we'll start from maybe you just introduce yourself. Just okay. say like where you're from, how old you are, and then um, we'll get into it. Cool. So I am Isabel. I am 24. I live in Rushcutters Bay with Millsy and I'm, as you said, I'm moving to London. And I was like, correction, soon I'm a moving, London yeah, girl. going to be living in London <laughs> in five days. So for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's, I work at DocuSign, pretty lame, tech sales, nothing. And else. so where did you grow up though in Sydney? Yeah, grew yeah. up in Sydney. We grew up in like Vaucluse and then Watson's Bay. We moved around a bit, but basically. Didn't you move there. and you moved to where yeah, did you lived in, you lived in New York? Lived in New York when I was in year five and six. Yeah, like 
yeah, five and six and then came back. And so what was that? Like, so did you move over for your dad's job, didn't you? So, yeah, he, when we were younger, was always like back and forth. He was based in Chicago. He wasn't like around a whole lot. But then to be closer to him, my mum had friends in New York, so we moved over to New York just to be closer. So we were there for but a couple like, of years. YOLO and how good yeah, New York. Yeah, so loved it. Yeah. What's the distance from New York to Chicago? We never went to Chicago, so I think it's only a few hours, but I actually don't know. We never visited him. <laughs> he came, he came to you. us. So Mum wanted to be based in New York because she was like, I have friends there. So he just came back and forth from there, but he didn't really. Yeah. No, I never went there. So. You just stayed in the I think it took spot. a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then you moved back to Sydney and then how – what year were you in when all this shit started so happening? So it starts – so actually it all started – we were in New York and I think the proceedings all sort of started. I was a lot younger, so I think they kept a lot from Yeah, because I remember you saying it happened, started happening yeah, in New York. Yeah, it started happening like years ago. We were away. Um, we we're actually in the Bahamas and I remember there being like my mum and dad having a chat about it and dad being like, I have to go back. And my sister actually wanted to go back with him because she was preteen, like hating New York, had mm. no friends. She was like, I want to go back to all my Sydney friends. So my dad and sister moved back and it all sort of started then. So I, it all, everything sort of started in year, I would have been in year seven and then I eventually came back and I think it, he kept putting putting it off a lot and like kept pushing back yeah. all the proceedings and pushing back everything and I think he was trying to deal with it behind the scenes. Like a lot of it was closed off for me. Like I didn't know really yeah, so what was happening. Much. I think my parents tried to keep us out of it all. And then I think it all started like once I was in year 10 and 11, it started like the tramping like, up. It was, it, it, it couldn't put it. Couldn't hide it, could, it yeah, anymore. It, could, it couldn't, like, it wasn't going anywhere. And I think it became a lot more serious than mm. what we all thought. So then I I was living with my dad in year 11. And then this was getting a lot for him. So I had to move back in with my mum. So yeah, because your mum and dad divorced. Yeah, they, they, split up, they split up in, I think it was, I was in year 10. But they, have, they didn't get officially divorced until, like, recently. Just because all the paperwork and whatever mm. else. But, yeah, so we moved in with my mum while he was sort of dealing with it all. And I think the trial went on for months and months. And we I was in year 12 at the time when it all sort of started happening. But once again, I just – I knew it was all happening. Like, it was in the papers and people sort of talking about it. But I think I was just, I don't know, like, oblivious to it or, like, blocking it out. Or my dad is really was really good at saying that it was all fine. Like, yeah. it'll be okay. Like, he always was really positive. And he probably believed that kind of and too. He, that And I think that's what got him through a lot too. And I think he genuinely did think it was going to be okay. Like, I just genuinely thought that he – because he'd been sort of dealing with it for years and so many things, like, on and off and, like, little trials and bigger things. So I just sort of thought he genuinely thought it would be okay. And was he working all the way up until Well, no, time? it was sort of more so, like, trying to find money to – pay for these trials mm. and pay for lawyers and just deal with it all and sort of hey yeah no he declared bankrupt so no he wasn't working I don't know when that I think my maybe when I was in year 11 so uh, when do you remember the pivotal point where you're like oh this is kind of fucked so Zoe and I were going so I was in year 12 so I was also trying to do year 12 and like but I was also so distracted I was extra like extra points yeah. hey? <laughs> oh, my mum my mum was trying to milk that like I, yeah. that's exactly what my mum was thinking she was like online trying to figure out how I yeah. could get points from it but I was like I don't even care like this my life is over I don't care yeah. about my HC or whatever else but he we Zoe and I like went to the trial like quite a quite often and I Zoe was wanted to be a lawyer and she was studying law so she was probably knew what was happening a bit more and probably knew the seriousness how serious it was and then I think it was like when we started going in and they were saying like just how long the trial was and I think all the charges and the amount of money that 
they were saying that he'd taken and all these all these points they were bringing up, I think it just became a bit more real as to what it was. But then again, the lawyers, I think, were saying to me, like, it'll be fine, like, it'll be community service, it'll yeah. be, like, it'll be fine, it'll be a big fine. They were all sort of trying to Sugar say it'll it. be okay, but I don't know if they genuinely thought that or if they just well, were their trying, lawyers to, yeah, just trying to say that to <laughs> me and my sister and my mum. And I think we all didn't really realise what was to come. And I think when he was – so there was a time between when he was found guilty and then when, like, what we didn't Sentencing know what was going to happen. Period, so yeah. I was – I didn't go. I think I was at school and mum and my sister went and they found him guilty. And I remember them, like, sending me a text and I just was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, I don't even know mm. what like, that can really we pay like, for him Yeah, like, like is that guilty? Or, isn't yeah. like, can we fix this? Or is he just going to – what's going to happen? And then – they obviously refused bail, so they took him that day, like, in his suit, like, took him straight to jail, like, didn't know, we didn't know what was happening, like, like no communication, the lawyers, mum was trying to communicate with the lawyers, and so was Zoe, and everyone was just like, what's going to happen, and they didn't, and I think it was, like, so many things I've sort of forgotten, like, the fine details, but I think it was about, he was held in custody in, I think it was Parkley for maybe a month without us knowing anything, but... Then I think that month is when we all started thinking, like, this is like going to be serious. But I think as well, my dad, when he would call me, he'd be like, it's going to be okay. Like, this, I might get six months and this will be taken off the sentence, like, because I'm already in custody. And we were like, yep, okay. That's it, how you were getting through it. Yeah, day, I just, it was all in the papers. Like, I remember when he was found guilty, I was meant to be going to school the next day and I was just <laughs> crying in my bed and all my friends were calling me being like, you still have to come. It was like in every paper and I was like, I can't. Like this, I like, also I did were meant to be yeah. going to, to schoolies. schoolies the next day. Yeah. <gasps> and I just think obviously in the Eastern suburbs, like when Goss came out like this, I just thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. Like everyone would judge me. Yeah, and it was like all my fault. My dad was like a horrible person, which he wasn't. And I just had, like, I was just in, in shock. So I think... Like, all my friends, like, you have to come to schoolies. Like, and I would, I just remember getting to schoolies and we had, like, one night and I got so yeah. drunk and just yeah, cried. I was gonna say, and I hadn't really cried. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it was so bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. But then I was actually planned to move to Cambodia and I'd always had that planned to go with, um, with my friends for three months to, like, volunteer over there. And that was coming up and we still hadn't heard a verdict. And I was, like, really nervous about going. And my mum was like, you have to go. Like, whatever happens, you can come back. Whatever happens, mm. you can stay. Like, it'll be okay. You have to go. So I went and I remember I was only there for, like, a couple of weeks. And then I got a text from my mum saying, like, like, can you can I, can I you call me? And I went up to we were living in the school at the time. And I went upstairs and I called her and he, she was like, he's been sentenced for 10 years. And I just oh. remember... Like it was, I just like remember my heart dropping. I just was like, That's no, like just like screaming. Like it was That's just a whole decade. I, I was like, I, it, I didn't make any sense. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. And like, I couldn't call because I couldn't call him. And yeah, my, the worst part about it, like being overseas is they can't call overseas. Like they could call mm -hmm. my sister. So he was obviously talking to Zoe and then would be like, tell Isabel this. And I just was like. You were just like in the yeah, middle. like In the middle lost. of it all and just yeah. devastated. So that was sort of where it all began and then I came back from Cambodia and obviously ever since then, like we are visiting every so every wait, second week. How long was the period between him going into jail and then the sentencing? It was about a month. So like so he was, was in jail, yeah, so he was in jail. It was, I think it might have even been more. It was quite a while and we'll just, it was like a waiting game. And, and did, then did he say that period was weird? Like, I, think, I think it was all becoming a bit real to him and he didn't, no one... He also, I think one of his big regrets is 
the lawyers he had, he didn't spend enough. He spent his money earlier on in like all these earlier trials and mm. he didn't get the right lawyers to represent him. He was really rushed. He was didn't think it was as serious as it was and he would say that now as well. I just think he wasn't prepared for the case and no. he wasn't prepared for that outcome and I think, yeah, it was a shock to everyone. Really. And you were saying to me that it was like he was being made like as an example kind of case. Yeah, I definitely – like look, that's that's what he would say and that's what I've sort of but been I feel told. Like I, but like I definitely – But I definitely – Yeah, there's uh, – from just the whole experience there's – rapists and murderers and yeah. way worse people in there and they've got a lesser sentence so it was like a lot of things that just didn't really make sense that you are and like, also it being a jury trial like zoe and i was sitting in the trial because it went on for so long there were like people falling asleep in it there were like <laughs> young people like me who had no idea they are going. so boring so boring and, and i felt so sorry technical. for them and they just you just assume they're guilty because they've got all these evidence and you just be like oh yeah it's easy to say yeah. like, so he's guilty details. and then he's not so and then particularly around like financial stuff it's yeah, like i had no idea to understand it yeah yeah did you like have anything during the trial where you were like i did not know that or that's uh, really yeah no and i think then again, my mum and my dad tried to keep a lot from me just yeah. because it was I was still young and my sister probably knew a lot more than I did and I just I tried to find out and they just were kept keeping so much from me and I think that was to protect me and also yeah. so your sister kept it from you as well yeah like she was she just you. was more knowledgeable as well because she was studying law and she yeah. just was more involved and obviously I was in Cambodia and like I feel like the communication was I was a bit out of it yeah, Cambodia is probably not the best place no no it was I think my parents were like you need to go because it something yeah. it, whatever's gonna happen we well, just didn't happen. know you're otherwise living in such limbo like I know I haven't even heard like sentencing kind of being like even months it was after, yeah it was like the case yeah so I've heard that and you can speak no. to this but <laughs> that holding period mm. is like the most fucked part of yeah. being in jail. Well, like also, apparently yeah. it's just really rough and yeah, 100%. And he was in Parkleaf for it, so he was in a not he was in a cell with a cellmate. Like he couldn't be in a one out. We didn't really know what was happening. Like he didn't know if he was going to stay there. Like there was a lot of unknown, really bad comms between the lawyers and the lawyers had to see him and then back to us. It was just yeah. And you can't visit him when he's in the holding no, cell. No, no, you could. You could go. So my sister, you could go on league. In Park Lee, the visitations was a bit weird. Like you could go, my sister could go as like a legal person, person, and she could go a bit more often. I think we, I didn't go initially because we didn't really know what was happening, and we didn't know where yeah. we didn't even know where he was for a bit. And like mm, so he couldn't weird. call anyone at the start. Like yeah. he, he just got literally taken out of the courtroom, and that was like in his outfit. Like just was he in shock? Did your sister and mum say like was he yeah. just like yeah. not no emotion yeah. kind of? My, yeah. yeah, I think my, my apparently my sister when it when they said guilty, apparently my mum just like gasped so yeah. loudly. Well, it's a shock, hey. It's yeah. like you never oh. think it's going to happen until the day it does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it's the, it was the weirdest. I feel like half of it we've just sort of like blocked out. Yeah. But of course. Until we talk about it on yeah. the podcast again. We're I like, know, tell us everything. Up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what, that, yeah. That's what happened. And then tell us. So we fast forward and he gets um, sentenced to 10 years. Yeah. Um, with a non-parole period. Of four. Four. Yeah. Um, when was the first time... That you went and visited him, and so what was we, that like? Oh gosh, it was so. I think he was in Bathurst. He's been everywhere, so like I probably am getting my jails confused. They moved him around all the time without any notice, yeah. and you're meant to keep them. Well, what they say is they try keep them in a jail close to where their family is, but yeah, that just they wasn't, don't. wasn't the case. So Why do they move them around all the time? So I was saying um, the reason they move them around is either because there's no space or if you need to be in Sydney you'd, like for a trial or something or a hearing, you'd come to Parkley or if you need medical attention, you need to go to Parkley. 
for the reason he was in Goulburn for so long is because his sentence was 10 years. So that's considered like maximum. So he'd have to go to maximum security. So he had to be in Goulburn Max. Oh, so he's in Goulburn Max first. No, he went, he oh, no. started off in Bathurst for a bit and then they moved him. That was, But they always, we always knew that wasn't going to be yeah. permanent. And then we didn't really know. We f- hoped for Kuma because it was a white collar mm. jail and we assumed that was where he'd go. And then... He was in Goulburn for the majority of it, I think, like the four years. He was in Goulburn <laughs> so Max, fucked. which was just fucked. So you oh first went God. to Bathurst. So yeah, so we him. first went to Bathurst and visited him and that was full on. It was like dogs checking under your tongues. Like it was – I went with my sister first and my mum. Obviously, we didn't really know what to expect, just what you think. So you get there and there's so many different security points. You're waiting for like ages. There's no – you get there at the time that you've booked for. You just bring a bunch of coins for – told to bring coins for the vending machines and oh my god yeah it's so just, old school it's so yeah it's crazy i just it was so weird and then obviously there's like the worst people even like the worst visitors in there that you just like the walk of life that i'd met like, yeah in the process <laughs> insane it was just wild and then when you saw him were you like what do we even talk about and how long do you have together so d- depending on the jail like goulburn they were really strict you had I think two hours but then in Kuma when it's moved to Kuma we had they were pretty chill, more chill yeah. and they were like you can stay for as long as whatever if there weren't more visits but Goulburn they were strict even sometimes like in Park Lee they were you only got half an hour really which was, yeah which was tough and especially and like if they have processing struggles or like something wrong happens and they push it back they don't really care like that was your that cuts into your half an hour and can you like t- like you know on the tv shows they're like no touching and like oh stuff yeah like no that. so when you like i think all the jails are pretty much similar there was like a white chair that they sat on in this they have to put on a visitation suit and then we sat on like two chairs or whatever how many chairs around them and you couldn't you could hug at the start but obviously there's people watching you everywhere there's like cameras everywhere and then you have to sit back down you have to have like you have a middle thing in the you open all your chips and have you have to have your chip packets <laughs> open and you, it's just yeah and are they like um is he like handcuffed and stuff no 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 um he came out he, they put you in these like white suits but he wasn't handcuffed and so how about like let's say if you're in that room and like a serial killer like came in would they be handcuffed or so everyone's allowed to be the thing free? is with Goulburn we thought there's a, you can apply for like being in the secure like the secure section which we did for him thinking that that would be a safer way to be in Goulburn Max. But then again, like, that's where all the child molesters, all the pedo- – like, just all the horrible people, they all need to be, like, in a yeah, in safety because obviously people in the prison. Well, it's like they get the worst Yeah, they get – yeah, yeah, 100%. So there was also – you could have a box visit. So I think if there was anything that they were too violent, there was box visits or if any prisoners or, like, if, say, if my dad, he was – he had a fight with a guard or whatever, they'd put him on a box visit okay. so you couldn't be like that. But Your dad had a fight with a guard? No, I'm no. saying <laughs> if, like, if he did. No, but th- also like he did have a, like a dispute with the guard and he just moved him, like moved jails. He just moved. Oh, they moved just moved him. him. Yeah, he had a fight with – he was at, went to Kuma and then I think my dad was a bit of a smart ass to a guard and then they just were like – put him on the truck the next day and just took him back to Goulburn. So fucked Without like telling animals. anyone. Yeah, like we didn't hear from him. And obviously they could only call us. We could never call them. So we'd just wait for days and just wonder what's going on. Like there was a few times when my sister had to call the jail and be like, is my dad okay? Like what's Where happening? Where is he? They'd, yeah. They'd be like, oh, sorry, we, we can't tell you. And you'd be like. Why? Yeah. It's, it's like you become literal property of the state. Yeah, and they treat you like you're not a human. It's, mm. it's yeah. Didn't it's, you say they take away your like um, – 
passport. What is it? Well, or, like they're not. No, you're like yeah, you're not listed. No, as you're not a like you don't anymore. own or anything in there. No, yeah. you're, not, you're not part of. I was gonna say society. passport. I'm like obviously you don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Well, I'm gonna quick try and cut that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did your dad think of the experience? Like, I'm sure he has so many stories about people he met yeah. and the whole like what what is his routine day to day. So he like I sort of spoke about this with him. He just thinks it was just the most – he's never met people like that in his life and he's never come across the amount of people that – just, like, the most horrible people are in there. Just, like – he's just said he was just the most horrible, disgusting experience. Ever, so yeah. He's inhumane. Ever, yeah, yeah, inhumane. He just was – like, his day-to-day, I guess it was different every – different jails. But in the end, because he has um, diabetes, we put him in a – we applied for a health thing so he could be in a one-out cell which he preferred obviously no one wants a roommate in there no so he would just get up he, they would have different jobs he had a phase of he was a sweeper so he used to have to sweep up cells and he would see like a lot of like blood and things like that or but then he actually moved to teaching some of the prisoners this was in Kuma to do like the L's test or things like that but you couldn't he couldn't stu- they wouldn't let him study because he'd already had a degree like it was more so for people that were probably been in jail like their 18, whole life yeah, yeah there was opportunities for them some jails had like libraries that you could have books but you couldn't they were just a select few but he didn't really he literally said <laughs> he like walked all day just walked up and down the yards just like kept to himself himself he he did have a friend he yeah, made he a friend in friends. Kuma. Yeah, there was one guy that was similar, just something yeah. white collar. So he became friends with him. But then again, like upon reflection, he's like, you don't know, no. no one's your friend in there. Like, so you're mm. literally just in there like, because he said like he probably made one kind of friend. Yeah. But there was so many other, what it was in the end being six years or something. Yeah. Like you're just probably reflecting on life hey, the whole he, time. Like we would send him... Um, what are those Sudokus? Oh or yeah. yeah, he'd read. A, he'd read a lot. He actually lost the one good thing about him being in there. He had diabetes before, and he was huge. Like huge. I was just about he, to ask. Yeah, that. he lost a lot of weight. Like that is the one thing we could take from this that it was a great experience. Why? Because he hated the food, or he just didn't have access well, to food. <laughs> that he hated the food, and also he, all he did was walk. There's yeah. nothing else. Wa- to nothing do. else to do. Like he didn't go to the gym and get shredded. Like he's no. not, not like those guys but he just walked what's their gyms that they do actually go and get shredded yeah, like in the go, movies like and stuff weights yeah. and stuff that people go to but a dad said you like avoid that yeah because yeah, yeah. a bit of a like yeah. gang kind of vibe yeah. he just literally just walked up and down the yard were there gangs in there yeah there were definitely there was definitely like by your like religion or yeah. by your ethnicity they sort of all stuck together and there were different yards for these people like they were sometimes separated yeah by were we talking about or Eddie telling me you know it's jail's the only place where you are segregated by your ethnicity yeah yeah safer. yeah I did not know that I was like that your is religion. yeah very yeah. just to avoid any conflict and I'm like that yeah. is so like there's up. different it's like just a representation of the world just like in a heightened, heightened. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you know. it's wild. But then obviously in visitations, everyone comes together and you're all in one big room. But mm. Yeah, tell that, us about split. your like funny visitation stories. Like I feel like... <laughs> oh, the, the traumatic one is, I think I told you the one about my bra. They made me... No. So we went to, we're in Goulburn and the Goulburn guards, because we went, so Zoe and I religiously went for the, up until COVID, we went every second Sunday. Like we'd get up at 4am and we'd drive the four hours... To, oh, we do 
it went in Cooma it was four hours, but when it was Goulburn, we'd just drive two hours. We'd drive the two hours and then like we'd get up at like four AM every Sunday every second Sunday and we'd go. And then the so we'd know all the guards like we'd been doing it for years and years and they were just like some of them were just so disgusting and so rude and just horrible people but one time I went with Zoe and I was just wearing like you'd have to wear like cover your shoulders there was a whole dress code like covered shoes just appropriate stuff I was wearing like a white t-shirt and just pants or something and sneakers and I got there and they were like you go through like a second set of security like the security thing like an airport and my bra like went off but I was wearing a bralette so I was like that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because I knew the rules like <laughs> yeah. no wire bras like we knew like you've been we, through it yeah, before we've done it wasn't your first rodeo yeah no wire just because yeah. you can't have any metal on you like just so we, I always wore a bralette and then I was wearing like my white t-shirt was tight but like tight like didn't think anything up. it was like yeah. high neck it was just like a you're mix. just a woman you wearing yeah, a white t-shirt I was just wearing a white t-shirt with pants yeah, yeah it was I'm sure there are other women in there oh my god <laughs> some of them were like because obviously some people dressed up to like look hot for their husband like Zoe and I were like as tried to be as chill as neutral because there was some weird people in there I can imagine but we then I got there and they were like you can't wear that bra and I was like I was like, why not? And I was like, there's no wire in it. They were like, take it off. And I was like, I'm not going to take it off. That makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm not going to take it off. And they were like, well, if you want to see your dad, you take it off. And I was like, oh, my God. And obviously all I wanted to do was see my dad. So I had to take it off. And they, like, put it in the bin. And then they were all laughing at me. And I was like... Walking around like this, like, because it was an all-male jail. So I was just, like, so uncomfortable. And then I get in there and my dad's like, what's wrong? And obviously I was, like, really red and just awkward. And my sister and I were just like, this is, like, so awkward. And you just had to cop it and sit in the line and they were all just, like, staring at you. And I was like, this is horrendous. And my mum hadn't come with us for this visit. And then we got in there and my dad's like, what's wrong? And I was like, they made me take my bra off. And I'm really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh and he was God. like, "This." he's like, this place is fucked. And he obviously <laughs> goes, because it's these guys that they're just like creeps. And like, they always would make comments to my dad. They're like, oh, you've got some good looking daughters. Like just yuck. Just stir him up to really push his no, buttons. You'd like yeah. that anywhere else but there. It's like yeah, it wasn't yeah. a compliment. I was like, no. this is disgusting. Like you try to look ugly going there so no yeah, one would yeah, look yeah. at you the wrong way. Just like yeah. a show of like when some – idiots put in power what they do oh. hey just some yeah. degree of power the, that they can put on you yeah dad called them like glorified babysitters literally yeah. though yeah, just, yeah but you have no recourse at all like you can't really make a complaint there's like no so my we told my mum and obviously mum we called mum when we got out and she was like that is disgusting i want to make a formal formal complaint and we were like don't just for dad's sake because you'll the make guards his life could, worse. Would make it they would make it hell for him in there so we're like just leave it and mum was like mortified, but I was like, you can't do anything. And my dad was like, you know what? Don't do anything because it'll just be so hard for him in there. So yeah. we never complained. Like we always just did the right thing just because we wanted it to be like As a safe quick experience and safe. for him in there. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon like on from your experience, like guards would get paid a lot to like take things well, in and the, stuff? So with COVID, my dad was saying like once they shut all visits down in COVID, which was a problem in itself, they didn't let anyone visit when COVID was like at peak there was the amount of drugs that came in was obviously less, but then also a lot of it is people paying like the guards on the outside to bring all the drugs mm. in. Well, just think, think about that. the caliber of kind of people doing it. Oh my you gosh, know what I mean? Yeah. You get a big mix of. 100%. You have I'm to be a specific kind of person to want to do that. Yeah, there was definitely like guard inmate relationships, things like that. Yes, that's, that's what always, I wanted to yeah. ask about. Well, so I, how's, I, how's, how's that? I always work? say like there's definitely like a lot of that stuff going on, and I'd be like, don't you dare tell me that you've ever done that. He was yeah. like, oh, shut up as well. And I'm like, okay. With girl guards or both? Well, both. Yeah. I just think that there's definitely some of like the the girls guards as well that yep. definitely like 
love it and think it's like a Was huge it like bad boys? Ego booster. Yeah. Ooh, they were yuck. It was. But, oh yeah, my no. god. Hopefully not my dad. <laughs> I was like, no, surely not. not you. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't even want to ask. If you had to say one of your funniest stories, what do you reckon it would be? It was when we were in Parkley. Parkley was just rogue. It was just obviously everyone either about to get out of jail or just got in. So there was just, it was just hectic in there. And we went in there once. So the start off, there was one, I wasn't actually there for this time, but when I was first there, like a father and son got in a huge fight and they were like throwing drinks and like I had to like dodge a drink, <laughs> like dodge a Coke can. Like, and dad was like, and like all these pull like, big security guards came running in. But then my dad said at that, I think it must've been the next weekend or I don't know what happened, but there was a woman, like an old grandma that came in. No, no, not a grandma. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like it was clearly someone's, a prisoner's mum and she'd come in and she'd had drugs in her vagina and her son God. fingered them out of her. Like, <laughs> Listen out <laughs> festival. <laughs> like my dad told me that and I was like, it's oh. just, it's, yeah, it's a, How did he find out about well, because that? Because apparently, I think my dad must have been, I don't know if someone was hit there visiting him. Oh I wasn't God. at the visit, but my dad told me that and I was like, oh. So she's just sitting there with her legs yeah, spread and, by yeah, her she son, got caught. Son. Like they got caught massively too. So it was all. Uh, How crazy is that, that he needed drugs that, bad, that badly that, that he it, would do that? Yeah. They would. They did some crazy, like crazy things. Like a lot of people put things under their tongues or yeah. like held things in their mouth. And also, like the processing time to get in was really long. So my sister and I used to be like, "How are they That's holding? What I was ask. Like, how do you keep these in? Like, also, like they check under your tongue. You have dogs. Like, this. <laughs> there's this one funny story. <laughs> this was the scariest day of my life. I just had a really big night, and obviously we had to leave at 4am because he was in Kuma and my sister was driving me and I was sleeping along the whole way and I just brought like my going out bag with me oh and no. I get there and like I hadn't checked my night out bag before <laughs> like didn't do any of that because I just was just didn't think anything I was just so hungover and I was like just being negged because I had to go see my dad <laughs> and then we get there and they were like back random bag search and then I was like okay sure like gave them my bag and then in the front pocket, they were like, what's this? And they pulled out and they you had to stand back from it. And they pulled out this like, these like white caps, what I thought was capsule and what they thought were capsules. And I just like oh my, my heart, gosh. my heart, my heart dropped. And I was like, holy shit. And then they took it back. And then I obviously lean over to see what's happening. And then the other guards like, stay back, miss. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Zoe's like standing next to me being like, what's like, what's about to happen? And I was like, I don't. You're I don't going to jail too. I was like, I'm like, I'm about to be like, I didn't know it was going to happen. Thank God. They were like those like white bean things you get when you get a new handbag. Oh. And I, because I was like, someone's put something in my bag. Like, but it, when you're that hungover, you just think the I worst. like wasn't breathing. And my sister was next to me like, I just was like, I don't, we're it's, in Kuma. I'm about to be thrown behind bars. You're going like, to go with your dad's <laughs> roomie in there. <laughs> all oh my the God. thoughts went through my head, but they were like beanbag things. So it was all fine. But it was. It's like when you go through an airport thing. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just traumatized. There were so many things. You just think stories. the worst. Oh yeah, 100%. And obviously they just like, the guards were so dramatic too and like pushed me away from my bag. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening right they now. They gave it a bit of a nibble. I'm like, mm, yeah. And then they, then they look like idiots. And I also look like an idiot to think that that was something <laughs> as well. I know, but then that was fine. So that was another. Oh my God. And how do you, was your dad saying like, how often would it be where like people, you know, when you, I know this is like probably stupid questions, but I watch a lot of crime shows and like, they always make like, you know, if there's going to be like a fight or whatever, like, you know, it goes around the jail really quickly and then they make like, you know, out of like whatever they can find, they make like weapons and stuff. Is that true? <laughs> well, I think I don't. Well, a lot of they made like what are they called? Like skivs, like 
Yeah, I you tell me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my dad didn't make it. You know, I hope he wasn't ever part of any of this. <laughs> and I'm sure if he was, he wouldn't have told me. No. But they, like, would make, like, carved things to make knives. That's but what I whenever mean. there yeah. was, like, raids or they always just would shut down the jail and we wouldn't hear from him for, like, days. And they would do lock-ins. They'd just lock everyone in their cells and they, if there's something had happened or if people, someone tried to, like, jump the jail or someone tried, there were big, like, yard fights, the way they would punish them is just lock everyone in their sell like no phone access for just like a week if they wanted to so like we would be like why haven't we heard from dad what's happened and then like that would be the time when my sister would call and be like is everything all good and they're like yeah we've just locked the prisoners in for the week like you'll hear from him soon and we'd be like oh so how often did that happen like quite often he'd be locked in quite often and it became more regular and we'd became we didn't worry us as much when, when you got on. used to yeah, it. Yeah, we were like, oh, he's probably just locked in. Like, don't worry. Were you just living in a state of fight or flight for that entire time? Yeah, I think, like, it definitely became more normal. Like, I think we just it just became our reality. Like, every second Sunday seeing our dad. Yeah. Every time my phone called, everyone was like, don't put it on loudspeaker. Like, you're about to receive a phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, that just became normal. And it was – obviously, I'm my sister and I are really close to my dad. And it didn't – I almost think it probably brought us closer because – we just every time he called me, like we'd always fill him in on my life, or when every time we, every second Sunday we'd visit. Like I think it made us really close, but it just sort of became just really normal. normal. And then we tried to appeal the year before he got out. We tried to appeal his sentence, and we tried to get early release. And then it, we thought it was going to happen. Like we were so sure. And then he got knocked back. And then I just was so disappointed again. And I just went back to being like so flat about it. Cause I just thought like, surely like, can we catch a break? But then, and then we, the way he got out, it was quite funny. We applied for, cause you weren't sure. We weren't sure if they were going to give him non-parole. Like we weren't, they'd set this date, but if they didn't approve it by say the Friday night before, they, he just would be in for a whole nother year and then they'd relook at it. Like, they didn't tell you – like, they, we weren't sure if he was going to get out and I remember, like, the week before, I didn't want to tell everyone again that we'd applied for him to get out because I didn't want to be disappointed and I didn't want people to know. And, like, I think I told Millsy but I'd only said it briefly and I told a few friends but I was like, I don't want to say this again and then be disappointed. So we just left it. And I remember waiting and Zoe said, we have to know by Friday at, like, 5 p.m. and then we'll know and if not, we'll have to – wait a whole nother year and we were God. like I was just like I can't wait a whole nother year because I kept pushing back moving overseas yeah and well your life's on hold of well, seriously way. and mm. obviously because they can't call overseas I wasn't going to move until he got out and yeah it's just been a waiting game since but then I remember I was working from home and I get a FaceTime from my sister at maybe four o'clock on Friday afternoon and I answered it and she just was smiling and I was like <laughs> what's wrong and then she just started crying and then I just started crying and she goes we can pick him up on Sunday and I was like oh what? so and surreal it's like scream I just was screaming yeah. crying and I called Millsy I was like I can pick my dad up on Sunday and she's like <laughs> what and I was like, it was so weird it was so surreal yeah tell us about that moment yeah. when you picked him up I couldn't I couldn't stop smiling and we'd obviously we'd prepared we'd organized to get him an airbnb for if he could get out because we didn't know if they were going to let him out and last time they didn't so we had an airbnb prepared but we were going to cancel it if we hadn't heard anything and because we hadn't heard anything we were just like this isn't going to happen and then dad was sort of calling us being like don't get your hopes up we don't know what's going to happen so we didn't really think anything of it but we'd had an airbnb planned and then when they said that 
I just was in shock and so I just couldn't stop crying. Like I was so happy. I just could not like it's stop a weird crying. Feeling to it's like a It was so yeah. it was the weirdest feeling and like I called all my friends and they couldn't stop crying. Everyone oh, was just crying. Like, so up. It was just crazy. And then Zoe and I were like, wait, Sunday and it was Friday night. And I was like, oh my God, cancel my weekend plans. Like Zoe cancel went to everything. <laughs> Not that I probably had any. <laughs> but we like went and bought him a phone and we were like, what is he gonna need? Like when he gets like out. weird things like that. I what does he say. come out with? In Nothing. the suit he went in with. Like That's I was so showing weird. Ellis yeah, the, the video. Pretty they funny. give him a box. like he also like picking him up. I I'll, I'll go to that, I guess. We that Sunday we because he's also got another daughter who's a bit older than us, so my half sister, and she was like, I'll come. We were all and the whole drive there, so it was four hours because he ended up in Kuma. We were just talking about like this is so surreal. It was also four a.m. again. We were like because we wanted to get there the minute at eight a.m. We could get there and get him, and we were just saying like this is the weirdest experience. Like oh my god, like it doesn't feel real that we're gonna have our dad in the again. car with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. And then we got there and we were sort of like I was like oh let's set up a camera. Like I'll put one in the car. I'll I'll hold one when we get up there. We thought this it'd be this whole thing where we would go in and then they'd release him, but we got there and then <laughs> someone just like opened this big gate and like pushed him so out. And like, you go. I hadn't started the filming and I was like, oh my God, like this is so... It's <laughs> literally like yeah. out of the movie. Yeah, they literally yeah. like pushed him. He came out of this freedom door, out of this huge thing, like just with a box and his old pants they were huge on and him. so... Yeah. Because he'd lost all this weight. So he's like naked essentially. Yeah, he just looked so weird and I, I wasn't filming and I was like, oh my God, I've just missed this huge... Like, no, and he was so happy and he was smiling. And I know. And he said his teeth kind of gone because oh, he'd <laughs> Someone oh. bashed him and he lost his That's teeth, so but he just, just looked so happy. <laughs> oh yeah, if sorry to randomly ask that, but if he lost, they don't give you dental, obviously. No, no, nothing in there. It was so. We thought because obviously it was under their care, someone bashed him and he'd lost his oh. teeth. That that was his. That that was their responsibility, but it wasn't like. They just left it. We obviously tried. We Mum was sort of back and forth with them and so was Zoe, but nothing. Nah. And they also give you the bare minimum of medication, only the stuff that you really need. But it, it, they took him up a lot of his medication too as well. It's they, so it's crazy. It's barbaric. Yeah. It's crazy. It's They wouldn't give you anything that they think that you don't need, but obviously he was on a lot of stuff before he went in and then – which is also good. They sort of weaned him off a lot of things as well. But, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Did he um? Did he say he slept the night before he knew he was getting out? No, like, he said he was just awake. And I, when we got there, we were like, "What do you want to do?" He's like, "I want to get fucking out of here." Like he just like was like, "Get, get me, me out of here." here. We were like, "You want to go to Macca's?" Like he's like, "Get me out of here." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you do for those we, next few days? We got he, we got in the car and we were just like we were hugging him. It was just, it was a bit awkward. Like was we he were, crying too? He had he, a, just, he shed a tear. Like he was yeah. excited. We were crying. I was crying and smiling and then hugging him and then we got in the car and then I was driving and he sat in the front seat and then Zoe like gave him the iPhone 14 and he hadn't his last <laughs> iPhone was like an iPhone 5 or 4 and he was like how many Whoa. updates have we had he was having so much fun on his phone yeah. like he was just like didn't talk about scrolling. you didn't talk to you guys I know we were asking him a million questions and he was just like oh wow Instagram because <laughs> he was in for COVID yeah yeah he was in he's been in since when I was in year 12 so what 2016 yeah so ages. so when it was COVID you couldn't see him at yeah, all yeah so there was a two uh, Zoe and I went about two years and we couldn't see him at all two he, years yeah, without was, seeing him we did zoom calls so we did a zoom yeah. call every week but it, I saw actually I saw him after a year and a half but Zoe hadn't seen him for two years didn't even think of that it That's was that was the worst yeah. that, that would have been the worst fucked. thing they did that, that they didn't 
they also they did it to begin with when COVID was really bad and we understood that but then it was so much easier for them just to not let have visitors at all and I just think that they just were like oh no COVID's still around no 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 so they didn't let anyone visit yeah for about two years that is evil did your dad say that was fucked for his mental and health mental health but also everyone's mental health and they're like a lot of people that's all people look forward to is to mm. see their family and things like of that of course so, and that was yeah I think that definitely was hard especially on us and then also on him like that was but we had we zoomed more they let you zoom more regularly but that was just and to think we can like watch a movie or like you know do other things and add other exciting little things in our life and that see anyone and they yeah can't do yeah it was it, Could that he was watch really hard. tv yeah, he had a t- yeah. Oh, he do have TVs. I'm like, they can't he watch has TV. A t- he's a Don't TV, but it's me. whatever, like Channel 7, Channel... Not, not like Fox Not Hill, Netflix. But he had, yeah, no Netflix. But he watched TV. Like, he was up to date with news. They had newspapers. Yeah. He... We always say... It was so funny. He used to... He used to call us a lot and be like, can you put $50 in the phone? Or can you give me $50 for <laughs> meat buy-up? Can you... I swear I would have transferred him, like, thousands of dollars <laughs> over the years. And I'm like, you would have had the most, like... Luck, luck sell he had, he had a sandwich press in there oh like my God. his own toaster and that's why he didn't want to move jails because when you move jails they don't you let you take again. your stuff so really he, yeah and he i reckon half like one time i was with mills and he called me he goes can you put 200 dollars in my account for listerine i was like what <laughs> i was like oh, and i was like what do you mean he goes no nah, there's a couple people that get to leave to go to Woolworth, so i want some nice meat i was like <laughs> i just I don't Literally, know what, what are you going to do with the time I, I was like, I don't know what. But you feel so bad, so you just do it. And, like, and also, when because they call you, you can't call them, so you never want to get in a fight with them because you don't know when they no can way. call you again. You don't want to say no. You don't want to hang up on them, so you just say yes and you're like, Sorry, but how cool. many bottles would he be able to buy with $200? I, but also, if they charge a mozza for everything. Oh, they do. Yeah. He definitely wasn't listening. I just need to <laughs> circle back. So someone is going to Woolies <laughs> and getting them shit. So, and who is that? Yeah, who? So once you're in like I'm coming sweating. towards the end, same. <laughs> once you come towards the end of it, they start to rehabilitate you like a little bit back into society. So you can go with a guard to Woolworths. Oh, like, you told me this, yeah. Dad wasn't doing it, but there was some prisoners in Cooma that were allowed to go to Woolworths. But also... My dad could be lying. Like I don't, I don't really know what. Have you ever my... followed that listerine up with the two hundred dollars? No, like story? he would just no. It, also, like it, it was funny because he'd call my sister for fifty dollars. I'm also like, who are you calling all the time? Like I don't know. <laughs> I, we didn't really ask a lot of questions, and he'd ask like one sister, and then he'd ask me, and then we'd see kind each other, and I'd be like, wait, did Dad ask for you for fifty dollars this week? And I'd be like, he asked me. Where so I don't really know. He probably either had like the most baller cell in there, or just where did the money go though? Does he have a special you have, like, bank? A com- you, they have like a bank account, so you call up and you you put the money in. That is so weird. Yeah. So you get your food daily, which is yeah normal food. Just and then you can buy additional yeah, items a, if you want like a steak. It's once a month. There was like a meat buy up. <laughs> what do you? This is so oh, that's weird. really sweet. Yeah, that's <laughs> lovely. Is yeah, it only so, in Kuma though? No, no, all jails they have. Oh, it's like if you think yeah, you don't like go up to a shop, but you can make a make an order. What? Yeah. That is so wild. So it's not technically all equal in there. No, it's very. No, no, no. There's, and that's what's sad because I always, I always felt sad for people that didn't have anyone visiting them or didn't have people to put money on the phone because, with your jobs, like my dad's job, he made, like I think like ten dollars a week or something ridiculous, and that's what you could put to your, like the other prisoners could put to their phones mm. and could buy like a jumper or whatever. But we were just like so generous with him in there just because obviously. Do you reckon that so makes you a target though? From other like prisoners being like, yeah, well, you I'm, know, you can, you should give me this money. I'll yeah, I'm sure, sh- and I'm up. sure a lot of it. I'm sure sometimes Dad was buying, giving. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you reckon? 
They'd see yeah. all that meat he was getting and be like, hey, yeah. mate. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was like toasting people's sandwiches for them. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> and we didn't ask him. Having a little like sandwich press yeah, meetups. I don't know. Yeah. Did, did he say it got extremely hot and extremely cold? In Goulburn, he said it was freezing, same as Kuma, because it's near like the snowy mountains. Yeah. So it was freezing and they had no like heating or aircon. So it got really hot and then really cold and you just had the same, all green. So like in the summer, they wore green shorts with a green T-shirt. And then green jumper, green tracksuit pants, and then sneakers. But then he like bought himself like a Casio watch. Like you could have like little <laughs> things. In there. Sorry, it's so, so random. random. Like jail is so, random. So random. And then there were different levels of the sneakers you could have. Like my dad had like so like cool and new balances. I don't know. It was so random. I just like but I don't really knew. We did, he didn't really tell us everything. He was quite. He kept to himself. It was more so just we well, just transferred the money and he told us what he got. But we didn't really ask. We didn't ask enough questions, no. I don't think. But I think you're probably so nervous. You're just like, I just want to. And you let just didn't want to upset you. him. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make him happy in there. I like, know. Oh, yeah. And then but when you said no, you just felt like you were the biggest bitch. Yeah, did you ever world. say no? Oh yeah. Some. I was like, <laughs> hello. I, I was working in a pub, like living out of home. Like I was trying to. And my dad was asking me for like fifty bucks a week. I was like, sometimes it was too much, but. I want to have a meat wrap. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't need a sandwich press. Like, you don't <laughs> need these things. But a sandwich press would be so. I lit. know because they they had they gave them like Wonder White with cheese and stuff. So like, Yum. would be nice. Like, lit. Be, like how much is those? She said he said he had like two minute noodles a lot, and I was like, that's so yum. How about that? Yeah. And like, did he want to drink as soon as he got out? Because it's like he no never alcohol. Was oh, you've a never big was drinker, a drinker. But we did when we went out. He ordered, like he did not have a beer but he wasn't a huge drinker that's a good thing because i'm thinking like, about drinking. oh my god yeah. Yeah. ella <laughs> that's a good thing at least you have a detox i know i'm like at least yeah. no i'm saying good thing that he wasn't a drinker yeah he yet. wasn't a huge he were a drugger he was a more, yeah he wasn't a huge drinker. but mo like i listened to a podcast and they maybe it's america i don't know but like half the prison population is addicted to drugs and yeah. can get drugs very easily yeah. well that's what we thought when he was asking for listerine i was like do you think it's because like the alcohol content like do you think he wants four <laughs> bottles to skull and he's like no that's so but i was it. like i don't really know why he'd want that <laughs> what about on christmas day will they give you a drink that day so no they don't give you any alcohol but they give you you have a nicer meal i said i said do you get like ham and he said no we get like a bread i think they got a certain different type of meat they got something special and then like on easter he got a different type of meat and do you reckon now that he's come out that he appreciates the small things or so no we, oh so we thought when we're in the car and we're driving home for the last four hours of the trip he was just saying how appreciative he was of us and that he's just a whole new perspective on life rah, rah, rah. and we were like this is so great like this is really we were so happy we were just like happy family whatever then the next day zoe and i took off some days off work to sort of help him buy clothes and do all of that and get we go to David Jones and he's like, I want my Armani deodorant. I want, and he was just straight back to, it was literally a day later. And I was like, you have oh, nothing in there. And I love that. I, and I was having a fight with him and David Jones because he was like, I want, he wanted like a Ralph Lauren hat or something. And I was like, I'm not fucking buying you that. I'm not. He's like straight back to the like, brand. Yeah. So he was like, no, come on. And I was like, no, like this is yeah. my money. Like, no. And I was like, you learnt nothing. I love and that then, he was saying all that. And then he like got to David oh. Jones. He's like a kid in the candy store. He's like, yeah, he's oh. like I want that. I want that. But and it was, would be like re-entry crisis into the East. Yeah, like just trying to work out like, oh fuck. I and now my he's mates. sort of realising like, I, that's not realistic. But I think obviously second day out he was like i want that again like yeah get that, this and we were like okay like, calm down and how is he now yeah like how's he assimilated that. back into I, normal life i think it's a lot we all thought it was going to be a lot easier than so we got out 
in end of August and what's it now? Yeah, Feb. Yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. about nearly six, well. yeah, six, six months. months. Oh, so not long, really, not in the long. scheme of things. What we think we like, we think it's long, but it's really not. And I think mm. we all thought it was going to be a lot easier. I think it's really hard. They're not really helpful at helping you find a job. They just mm. sort of like let you go. You have he's got his parole officer, but then again, he's not really helping with anything either. They just check in on you, but no one's helping him find a job. It's also really hard to find a job. Also because of his age, what he's fifty. Fifty-seven, mm. got a criminal record. He's overqualified for everything that he's applying for. Like, yeah, what's no he, What can he apply for? He's literally applying for everything from like yeah. stacking shelves at Woolworths, Uber driver, to being admin for doing like consulting work. In his parole, he can't obviously do a few things. Like, he can't work with handle people's money. Yeah, yeah, directly. But he could work for people that do. Like, he couldn't directly handle it. But that's just over the next four years. I just think we thought it was going to be a lot easier and it's a lot harder. Yeah. But he has – he's quite hes quite positive, I'll give him that. And he always has been, I think, for us more so. So he's been – he's like, it'll be okay, like, it'll be fine. Yeah. But so how does he support himself? We supported him at the start. He also had some money when he got out and he's had a few friends that have helped him here and there and he's got a few – he has – Money, but not enough for long term. So yeah, it's crazy to, to think like so many people would like so many people get released out of jail, and like the majority of them, you know, would be struggle struggling struggle, and that's why it's so many of them. Obviously, just end up my there. dad. They end up back going back because it's so much easier in there. It's well, just, that's what I've heard. You have some a roof over your head, jail. you have food, you have a job, you have your mates. People literally commit a crime yeah, to, to go, go back, back and that's mm. so, the like reoffending rate is so high just because they don't give you enough support on the outs and then they just like it's so easy to go back in there like you make one stuff yeah. up and you're back in anyway and well my thought is if you serve your time and you're not a pedophile or rapist or murderer shouldn't you just yeah. be granted the opportunity yeah. and the, exactly to exactly. start yeah. again to be like i know someone that's adding to society rather than uh, adding yeah. value <laughs> exactly well that's what you'd think but i just think the whole system is really and it's i fucked, didn't know yeah. anything about it until this all happened so i think it's a really i opening my sister's a criminal lawyer now so yeah that's wow crazy. yeah so she yeah. actually helped my dad a whole lot with the second um appeal and she's helped him so much so she is just i just think like the injustice of it all so she yeah. she works a lot of her cases now is like legal aid so she's just she just wow. sees the whole side that would of it, be really rewarding really and rewarding fucked. and she's always wanted to do it but i think obviously with dad and everything it's a lot was, I guess a push for her yeah to do it. push for her to do it and could she if she started her own practice hire him or is that like well, a direct conflict <laughs> well she dad jokes about that like he always says like I'll work for you like one day because he didn't he has a law degree but he wants to go back and he's obviously smart very very smart he's very smart but he's also probably too smart and I think he's He's got his, his, <laughs> his bolts, but, but yeah, he always jokes about that. He's like, yeah, we'll go open a practice together. And my sister's like, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> even if he was just like a paralegal or like I a know, research I, I, person. Exactly. Or like, helping people that come out of jail. Yeah. yeah you know? if, if I'm successful one day, I'd hire him. Yeah. yeah. But I think he'll, I've got a lot of my friends at Recruiter and she said that she definitely, they do recruit for people with criminal records. So I've given the resume around. There's people that are offering to help. I just think. We need to find him the right job. He's also – he got approved to be an Uber driver, so that's – Oh, that's good. That's you can make some good cash <laughs> from that. Yeah, I know. We just have to – and there's a third party that you can get a um, car through because he doesn't have a car. So. Amazing. And do you have that's to great. flag, though, that he's been – Yeah, you, uh, every – most jobs you have to say that if you have a criminal record, of it, you have to go into specific. Some jobs don't ask, but they did for mm. Uber. And some people just want to give someone a chance, though, so yeah. he'll get yeah. lucky. I think lucky the way Uber. we think – 
it'll be if he gets a job, it'll have to be through someone, like through a, a friend, friend or someone doing him a favor. Like I don't, it's a lot harder applying for. Also because of his age as well. It's just yeah. They don't. Who wants to hire like a fifty-seven-year-old guy with a criminal record when you could hire like a twenty-year-old? Yeah, he's like good with technology. You know what? I just think his lucky day will come. Yeah, I feel it. I feel like, and it's only been six months, so I feel. Like I know. I know. He's got a long journey ahead, and hey? you are about to start your own life. I know. I know. And I've been putting it off for so long just to see until he's out and settled. So. Yeah, you're about to leave, which is so crazy. <laughs> and that's so incredible that you d- you went through all of that from year 12 to now. I know. And now like, your life has started. I know. And he's obviously really sad that he's just out and I'm going, but he's also like, I'm, you, you have need to, go. to do this. And he's yeah. like, really proud of me and he really wants me to go. So Yeah, he wouldn't want to hold you back. And now we can call, like, my worry was that he wouldn't be able to call yeah. me over there, but we can FaceTime. And, and technically he could can go to England, can't he? He can't. For the next four years. Oh, is while it, is that home. four years? Yeah, so it's six and then four, so we can't oh. travel. You Actually, you can apply to travel domestically, and I think you can apply, but I think it's a bit tough. That's so to interesting, even after you get out. Yeah, there's terms of his parole. That Could he drive from, like, New South Wales to Victoria or not even that? Things like that, but you just have to flag. I think when it's domestic, you just flag, flag it. it with your parole officer. But then when oh, it's... because he's on a parole period, yeah. yeah. For how long? Four years, that, yeah. that's what you mean, four, yeah. yeah. But you can fly back. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I think I'll, maybe in like a year's time I'll come Is back he taking you to the airport? Yeah, I've got a huge crew of people. I know, I'm, I I'm don't so <laughs> The airports are so emotional. Oh, so I just emotional. Like, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, every time I think about it, I can't stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As soon as you walk through there, though, it's like so, I oh. reckon... I honestly saying goodbye and then you're like, oh, once you'll you get feel this like, relief. You'll be like, I, I am starting a new chapter. Yeah. And it's so good I'm doing it with Mills and I've got friends. Yeah. Oh, once you get there, it it's just, you just want to get there. And once you get there, you're like, fuck, yes, let's go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's so hard. Good Saying goodbye, I find it hard even saying goodbye to my sister that went for like six months. Like, you know, yeah, I was boys, everyone else was I'm kind. so bad at Because you think the worst, like, oh God, imagine if something happened. You just like, everything runs through your yeah, brain. Exactly. Like, something's going to happen. But like, you're going to have every second Sunday free <laughs> to be hung in bed. <laughs> I know. With I Amelia. Know. I know, I know. It's it's wild. Oh, well, thanks, Iz, for coming on. That was beautiful. Um, can't me. wait to hear about all your London adventures. I know. And can't hopefully I'll see be you over there. there in June, July. We're very proud of you. Good for you. Yeah. I'm going to miss you guys. Oh, I'm about to go see Final farewell. Yeah. This will be my final farewell. I know. I, know it's, I hate. I'm really awkward. Yeah, we will goodbyes. just keep it short. <laughs> yeah, we can't hate goodbyes. I'm keep so it short. bad at that. All right. Thanks, girl.